Okay, it's Chapel Roswell. And in case you missed it, the theme of the summer is throwback. And it's Father's Day. So we need to do something fun, right? Yes. Yes, thank you. All right, so I need four people who identify as dad. I need four dads to come up. And I need you to be competitive and I need there to be four of you. So just self-select, I need four, or five, or six. That, come on, come on, that would be awesome. We have six. I want, yes. I have to ask my wife first. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. He says he has to ask his wife before he can play golf. There she is, there she is. Okay, we are gonna play some games. So I want all, four, all six of you to like line up right here and face this way. This is so exciting. Okay. Okay. What we're going to do to start is we need to meet our contestants. So tell us your name. My name is Matt Ethington. Lance Ledbetter. Peyton Warren. Mark Hutton. Brian Gibson. Trey Thrower. Nice. Say thank you to the contestants. Okay. All right. First thing we're going to do, the name, uh, the name of the game is Name That Staffer. So we have some throwback pictures of our Chapel Roswell staff with their dads. And you get to name that staffer. Are you ready? No. Okay. All right. They're ready. First one. Who's this? Who is that with their dad? Not Tyler. No, but good guess. Anybody? That is me. That is my dad. That was a hat. <laughs> that was me. Not Tyler, thank you. Okay, the next one. <laughs> Who is this? Arturo, yes. That was good. That is Arturo with his dad. It looks just like Arturo's son, by the way. All right, the next one. Name that staffer. If you know his mom, then you know exactly who this is. She has not aged a bit. It's baby Tyler. Baby Tyler right there. All right. There's big Tyler right here. <laughs> All right. Next staffer picture. Oh, this is a hard one. Name that staffer. Okay, staffer, raise your hand. It's Ben, our production, our producer over here. That is Ben and his dad. All right. Next, name that staffer picture. Y'all are doing great. Not really. <laughs> Not really at all. They're great, though. Name that staffer. No, but good guess. <laughs> Good guess. All right, is a staffer in the room? Raise your hand. There she is. It's Shauna. If you know Shauna, you have seen this exact face this week. <laughs> okay, do we have any others? 
I think that's it. All right, good job, but not really. Not really. Good job. I, I look like Tyler. All right. Now we're going to divide three into three. So whoever wants to play putt-putt, you can line up here. And whoever wants to play, the three of you can play cornhole, you're over here. So this part... I'll get out of the way so you can see the cornhole there, the bean bags. We're going to see how many bean bags does it take you to get a hole in one right here. All right, go ahead. You can go first. Let's count. Oh, one. Oh, oh yeah, keep going. Keep going until you make it. And we'll see what the number is to beat. Almost two. Three, all right. The number to beat, Brian, is three. <laughs> Thank you. All right. One, two, three, four. All right, all right. And one more, one more. Let's see. Can you beat three? Maybe. He's, he's eyeing it. One. Almost. Three. Oh, they're like all stacked up. I think you've got like, a, it's like, they did great. They did great. <laughs> all right. Now it's your turn. Can you get a hole in one? How many tries do I get? Um, maybe just two. We can't be here all day, right? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Just kidding. All right. Who can get it closer, maybe? Let's see. Oh, this is a seasoned golfer. Where I have practiced putt. good with the Lord. Look at that. All right. All right. How are we going to do next? Can you get less than one? <laughs> Almost. All right. Try again. Try again. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Do we need to test the wind or anything? <laughs> oh, nice. You get a helper. He did ask. All right. Oh, very nice. All right, how are we going to do? <gasps> oh! Almost, almost. All right, I have one more. That's very nice. Okay. All right, now I have one more. I have one, one more. Who wants to do it? I just need one, one person. All right. If you can make a hole in one right now, we will end church immediately and go straight out to the snow cone truck. 
No pressure. Do you take a vote? Like, who, who wants to do that? Who <laughs> no voting. But no pressure. Snow cone immediately, or you have to wait. Oh! <laughs> you missed it. All right. Thank you to the dads. Very nice. <laughs> Oh, it's so fun to have Father's Day. This past week, my children, I said to them, what are you going to get your dad for Father's Day? And they said, well, when's Father's Day? I'm like, it's this Sunday. They said, but dad hasn't told us. I said, well, why does dad have to tell you it's Father's Day? They said, well, mom, because you tell us it's Mother's Day mid-April. Apparently, at my house, I make my family celebrate Mother's Day for the whole month. And that's how it goes sometimes. For Father's Day, I think dads get a really great eight hours. And so I hope you're enjoying your eight hours. A big celebration of Father's Day. So, there's a man. And he goes into his garage with his friend and he points to a ladder and he said, there's my stepladder. And then he not, takes his head down, he nods, he goes, I never knew my real ladder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why did the football coach go to the bank? To get his quarterback, yeah. Okay, I know, I know. All right, I have another one. Um, why did the golfer take two pair of pants to the golf course? You got it. I love this laugh track. I think I need the laugh track everywhere I go. All right, how does a joke become a dad joke? When it's painful to hear the answer. <laughs> Who your wife? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when it becomes apparent. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay, now this is going to be terrible. Luke 8. <laughs> I'm going to take a leap. Luke 8. 8, verses 26 through 39 says this. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. And as he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. And for a long time, he had worn no clothes. And he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. 
He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would not break the bounds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. So Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now, there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. And then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. And when the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. And the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And so he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This almost sounds like a joke because it's kind of funny, but not funny. I've been telling you guys that there is weird stuff in the Bible. And this is a great example of it. This is a crazy story that a lot of people think might be a joke. So there's this guy and he had demons and another guy came up who could talk to demons and the demon guy said, hey, what are you going to do with us? And the guy who could speak to demons says, well, and the demon said, can we go live in the pigs? And the guy could speak to the demon said, yeah, sure, go speak to the pigs. So guess what happened next? The demons left, went into the pigs and then they went into the lake. Do you hear the pattern? Do you hear the rhythm? Do you hear it now? It's a joke. It's kind of funny, but not funny. It's kind of clever, but not clever. That's kind of how dad jokes in some scriptural stories have in common. Think about it. You kind of think they're outdated when they're pretty clever. You think you kind of know how it's going to end and you kind of nod and you kind of smile even when you don't get it. But then if you pay attention to it, it's very interesting actually and clever. What dad jokes and what this particular scripture have in common, though, is important. You know what it is? Wordplay. It's the words that make the story. And in this particular story, it's the words that make it very, very important. The first word is opposite. It clearly says that Jesus is going to the place opposite. 
It doesn't mean across from. It means unlike. So where Jesus is going is opposite of where he should be. It is opposite the normal lifestyle. It is opposite civilized or civilization. Everything that Jesus is about to do will be opposite of what they want him to do. The next word is unclean. It's important because it's very, very specific. It says, this demon was unclean. And so immediately we should know that the unclean demon must go to something else that's unclean, which is, at this time, a pig, the swine. So now we have someone that's opposite who's unclean. You get it now? The next word that's very important, and it kind of changes depending upon the translation that you read. The word is shore. It also can say land. And if it says land, then a little bit later, it's going to make sure we have a reference to lake. Why is that important? Because in the ancient Middle Eastern thought, everyone knew that demons cannot live in water. And so we have to have this story placed on the shore. We need to know that this man lives by the water. And the next word that's important is legion. Legion actually means multitude. There are so many things that have afflicted this man that when they ask him what it is, he just has to say many, the multitude. And that's actually where I think that we can relate to this a bit because there are so many things that pull us and that can like throw us back and forth or that keep us shackled, that keep us bound to something that's not who we're supposed to be. We chase the wrong things. We're addicted to the wrong things. There's so many temptations that when someone looks at us and says, what's your evil? We say, legion. My favorite theologian who talks about this or my favorite interpretation of this particular story actually is a great Calvinist. He's a Presbyterian. And he says, what's interesting is that when the demons see Jesus, they do not ask him who he is. But in everywhere else in scripture, when the religious leaders see Jesus, they say, who are you? When the political leaders see Jesus, they say, who are you? When the disciples first meet him, they say, who are you? And a little later in scripture, Jesus is actually going to say to the disciples, who do you say that I am? But somehow, the demons immediately know. And there's the real pun. The demons know exactly who Jesus is. It's the people who don't. 
And the people, they don't even fear the demons, but they fear the one who has power over them. And so it's funny, not funny, is that it's the very evil thing that looks straight into the face of the divine and says, what will you have us to do, son of the most high? And then it becomes a story all about identity because the very one who is opposite and unclean is saved by the waters of grace. And that's the one that Jesus said, go and tell everyone what God has done for you. So somehow the community becomes restored. The community becomes stronger because of the one who is the most vulnerable. And that's our faith. That's our call that we are to be the ones living in the opposite ways so that we can stand in the waters of baptism. And that way, our response matters. And so every day, we can stand in a place because we have a choice to make. Will we choose to see the divine in front of us? Or will we continue to question it? Will we simply love the person in front of us? Or will we continue to make things complicated? Are we going to choose restoration of a person or the condemnation of one? Will we choose a healthy masculine presence or put up with an outdated stereotypical one? Will we live in love or will we live in fear? There's a great story about Martin Luther King. And supposedly, when Martin Luther King felt like he was being attacked by anything evil or anything opposing, you know what he would do? He would go in his house and he might cry. When he felt oppressed by anybody or anything, Martin Luther King, he would go into his house, he would stand in front of a mirror and he would put his hands wide out like this. And he would say, I am baptized, I am baptized, I am baptized. And you know why? Because evil cannot live in the water. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, we now stand before you praying in the one that we know and the one that we see and the one that we love. And we say, what will you have us to do, Lord God?
we make ourselves humble now so that we may continue in this day and start tomorrow constantly looking for direction from you. And so we ask that you heal us, heal us in our hurts, but keep our priorities divinely driven and keep our temptations as far away as possible. And Lord, whatever it is that needs to fall away from our lives, help us. who are grieving a dad, whether it's a new grief or an old grief that today reminds them of, comfort them. And for those men who are soon to be dads or new dads, may you continue to give them confidence in their decisions and humility in their conversations. And Lord, for those fathers who are hurting for many reasons. May you also be with them. For whatever, Lord, we have questions about, may you point us to answers. Whether it's about good versus evil, may we have good and faithful examples in our lives to help us. And may you also help us to whittle down all that is around us so we can see what's important very clearly without any fear. We continue to worship you and to thank you and to love you. Amen. There are many ways we can respond in worship, and one of them is through your giving. And so we do invite you to give to Roswell United Methodist through Chapel Roswell, and you can do so using the way on your screen. And at this time, I invite you to keep worshiping and singing with our Chapel Roswell Band. <laughs> 